the King of glory, strong and mighty, and over all the heavens and earth, you are God above, you're the King of hearts, praise, honoring one name, Jesus our Lord. your glory God there is none but you thank you Jesus that you saved us thank you that you lavish your love and your grace on us and we are your children thank you thank you thank you
beautiful Lord, wonderful Savior, I know for sure, all of my days are held in your hand, crafted into your perfect plan. You gently call me into your presence, guiding me by your Holy Spirit. Teach me, dear Lord, to live all of my life through your eyes. I'm captured by your Holy safer hands to give our lives into. Amen. Thank you, Lord, this morning. Thank you that as we sit here this morning, that Holy Spirit, you are here with us. We thank you, Lord, that in any situation and in every situation that you are in control. 
Lord, at times, Lord, we look out and we see all the different things that are happening around us and people are fearful and they're worried. But Lord, we have sang this morning that we are in your hands. We can just be confident that you are in control. And we just pray, Lord. I pray this morning that we will, Holy Spirit, that you will come and that you will fill us and that you will actually use us to spread out your word, that you are in control and take all fear away that people are fearing. So, Lord, this morning, we come this morning, we say thank you. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for being our Saviour. Thank you that you are the one that loves us with an everlasting love, that there's no one else that can love us like you. And so this morning as we come, we say thank you once again. And we just pray for all the, uh, the situation. We pray for our government. We pray for the, um, the decisions that they make. Lord, that they would take wisdom from you. That, Lord, that there would be the churches praying, I know this morning, all over the country and indeed all over the world, that the uncertainty, but Lord, that the governments have a big responsibility and we ask for them to use with their wisdom, but the wisdom that comes from you, that they would seek your face to make the decisions. We pray, Lord, and we come against anything that the enemy is throwing at us and we thank you that you are in control. We think of the people in uh, Las Palmas, Lord, that with this volcano, Lord, that is just ruining all their lives and their homes, and Lord, that is so fearful. And we pray for them this morning. We indeed pray for all the situations all around the world that um, uh, this unrest is creating. And we just ask, Lord, that your peace would prevail. Holy Spirit, that you would just help us to pray for these people that are really in need. Thank you that you've gathered us this morning and that you're going to teach us from your word once again. We pray, Lord, this morning for guidance in our NCF church. We ask for your guidance in this area that the youth work and any uh, other uh, work that's taking on Lord, that you will lead us, that you will show us the way you want to go, because we want to grow our church. We want people to come in and feel your presence. And we would pray for all around this area, that Holy Spirit, that you would show us, that you would bless John and Jill and guide them, Lord, with your uh, wisdom to where we need to be going. We thank you, Lord, and we just want your presence in this area to be felt to be known that we are a light in this area, that our young people and our older people will come in, Lord, and uh, just celebrate with us the wonderful, wonderful love that we have from you. We pray for the sick, Lord. We thank you that Kath's here, and we continue to pray for her. We think of Margaret's um, grandson, Wherever, Lord, there's no distance that you can't reach. And we would pray as a church for Margaret's grandson right now. We would pray for any one of our uh, members, Lord, that are feeling uh, not well. We would pray, Lord, that you would just undertake and that your blessing would come upon them. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he has been the light in our world, that he has shown us that there is a better way and that we have such a wonderful life with him. So we thank you, Lord. We thank for Jason opening a home and, Lord, that people were able to fellowship and I just thank you for that. So for each one, Lord, this morning, as we gather around your word, would you just speak to us and would you just show us, Lord, the way that you want us to go? Because we ask all of this, Lord, in your name. Amen.
reading is from Colossians chapter 4, starting at verse 2. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Surprising what you find down here. <laughs> so today is the last time we'll be doing just a few random things, as it were. Next week we're starting, as Alex has shown us already, the, the new uh, series of talks. And so I've got a question for you, very briefly. How fit are you? How spiritually fit are you? And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next couple of months. I know that uh, quite a few of you have bought this book, but with a different cover from Barbara and some from the internet as well. So I'd encourage you, as we go through each week, have a look at it and use it and just see if you can get a lot out of thinking about what's going on, how do we become spiritually fit, what are we doing at home, as well as what we're we doing together in this place as well. So, you know, I've asked the question already, how spiritually or physically fit are you? Here's a rhetorical question. Now is the time for... I'm glad you know what rhetorical means. Most of us know what Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 to 8 says. I'm going to read it from the New Century Version. It says this. There is a time for everything, and everything on earth has its special season. There is a time to be born and a time to die. There is a time to plant and a time to pull up plants. There is a time to kill and a time to heal. There is a time to destroy and a time to build. There is a time to cry and a time to laugh. I've got to put the centre ones back on again, just so I can read, if, if that's all right. I had a few carrots yesterday. Brilliant. That's wonderful. Thanks, Alex, very much, because this is great to have that off. Very nice indeed. I think it was about verse four, weren't I? There is a time to switch off lights. No, sorry. There is a time to cry and a time to laugh. Ha, ha, ha. There is a time to be sad and a time to dance. There is a time to throw away stones and a time to gather them. There is a time to hug and a time not to hug. There is a time to look for something and a time to stop looking for it. There is a time to keep things and a time to throw things away. There is a time to tear apart and a time to sew together. There is a time to be silent and a time to speak. There is a time to love and a time to hate. There is a time for war and a time for peace. What time is it now? I've got four ideas. I'm going to tell you what they all are now, and then you'll be able to easily follow what we're thinking about this morning. It's time to kneel down. It's time to speak up. It's time to keep things in. And it's time to let God out. And everything that we're looking at there 
was in the Colossians 4, 2 to 6, that John read for us earlier. Now, Paul was probably in prison in Rome when he wrote this letter. It was about 60 AD. And Colossae was a small market town on a major trade route in what we know now as southwest Turkey. It wasn't just physical goods that came through the town, but ideas as well. But Paul was saying, whatever the latest fad is, focus on Jesus. He's always the person to focus the most on. He's always the same, yesterday, today and forever. We know that. Jesus is eternal and doesn't change. And so we can take the strong suggestions that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, in Turkey, and we can benefit by doing them as well ourselves. It's always the best thing to do, to listen to what Jesus said, and then without watering it down, to do it. It's time to kneel down. How does it make you feel when you kneel down physically? It makes me feel like it's hard to get up when I've knelt down. But do you know what I mean? It's not just the outward kneeling down before God. It's the kneeling down inwardly, saying, you're the Lord. What do you want me to do today? How can I be a blessing to others? How can I bow down to God in the way that I speak and the way that I act and the way that I think? When we're kneeling down, either physically or metaphorically, we're submitting everything we've got of our own and saying, Lord, be in charge. And that's a tricky thing. Because perhaps most of us, if not all of us, like to be in charge. Even if it's just a few things, we want to be in charge of something, don't we? And so being in charge of our own lives seems the thing that everyone wants to do. But as Christians, it's the worst thing to do. The best thing is to say, Lord, I submit to you my desires. No, I want your desires, your will your ways in my life. Kneeling down in prayer then. Paul also mentions about praying a lot in Romans and Ephesians and Philippians and 1 Thessalonians. These are things that are really important to him. That's why he says it a lot to most of the people that he writes to. There's a really good Greek word. Here it is. Proskartario. And it means... This is the word, devote yourself, devote, to continue to do something with intense effort despite possible difficulty. Here's a few more definitions. To consistently show strength which prevails in spite of difficulties. To endure, remain firm, staying in a fixed direction, to give constant attention to a thing. He's saying... Keep at it. Even when it's tricky, keep at it. Be devoted to it. Paul wasn't daft, was he? Paul became a Christian probably around 35 AD on the way to Damascus. And now it's probably around 25 years later that he's writing this letter to Colossae. So he'd been a Christian, he'd been a follower of Jesus for two and a half decades or so. He knew from his personal experience that prayer can be tough. He'd have 25 years of praying. Prayer is tough sometimes. But he also knew he had to keep going. And he wanted the church in Christ, and so us as well, to know that it's always the right thing to keep on going, to be devoted. Paul didn't live in an ivory tower, or an ivory prison for that matter, He knew what he was telling the Colossians might cause them short-term loss in what they were able to do. Because it caused him short-term loss, hadn't it? He was in prison. But he knew that if they were devoted to prayer, that their eternal gain would be something wonderful. 
Paul wasn't shy in saying that he needed prayer. It's just what uh, John read to us, wasn't it? But pray for me. If you remember, near the beginning of the book of Colossians, we call it chapter 1, verses 9 to 14, Paul says very clearly, I'm praying for you. And he goes into detail about how he's praying for them. And now he's coming to the end of his epistle, he's sincerely asking them to pray for him. Do you remember William Temple's wise words? When I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. I don't say it very often, but Jill and I really need your prayers. We'd really value if you'd pray for us. We want God to act in our lives, don't we? I'm getting ordained a week on Saturday, 9th of October. That's a big thing. I really value your prayers. This is a different time for us. It's a new chapter. I really value your prayers. I don't say it very often, but shall I say it again? Just in case you didn't get it. We really value your prayers. We're in this together. It's not just the people at the front and the people at the back, is it? We're in it together, wanting God's kingdom to extend. We want to be obedient to what God is saying to us, just as Nick and Paul wanted to be obedient to what God called them to do. So we definitely desire to be the same. We want to have a big impact, we, all of us, on the estates around here. I'll say it again. We really value your prayers. Not only do we want to give our maximum, and I know you want to give your maximum to God as well, but we also want to make sure that we're doing all we can to support each other, praying for each other. It's in front of my Bible. Maybe it's somewhere in your house, very easy to find. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Ephesians 6.18. Just a group of us a few years ago. But we can pray for each other. We can say, yes, Lord, I need you. And prayer is a mystery. We know that. A few years before Paul wrote this, remember, he's in prison and he's been in prison quite a while. A few years before this, it was in Philippi with a friend called Silas. He wasn't in that prison for very long. Just a few hours. Remember Acts 16. Why did God answer his prayer? Lord, I need to be out of this prison so I can do evangelism. And he did it in such a dramatic way. And yet, all these years later, maybe 20 years later or so, now he was in prison, and he'd been in prison in Caesarea as well. And he was saying, Lord... I don't understand, but I'm going to keep on praying. And as I pray for other people, Lord, help them be, to be devoted to prayer. Remember what I was up there? Be devoted to prayer. Continue to pray with intense effort despite possible difficulty. Sometimes when we talk about unity, we think it means being in unison, doing the same. But God isn't calling us to be the same as each other, to be clones. God is calling us to be an orchestra. I'm just listening to an invisible orchestra. Can you hear it as well? All playing different things. Oh, I can hear the oboes and the violins and the trumpets because God doesn't want us to be like this. Or be like this. but in harmony. Do you get the idea? We don't all need to be doing the same thing, but we all need to be unified. There's a really good verse in Psalms, isn't there? I bet you know it. 
Psalm 133, verse 1, in the New King James Version, I said, I put this one there, I love the word behold. And it says it so often in the King James, it always makes me stop and think something important is just about to come. So behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Remember, unity isn't doing the same. It's doing different things, but working together. Here it is in another version, in a New Living Translation. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. My life's full of harmony when I play the piano, because I'm not just playing with one finger. I'm playing with lots of fingers, so I'm just hearing it. And that's what God wants us to do in our lives as well, to be harmonious together, living together, devoting ourselves to prayer and devoting ourselves to good Christian acts of kindness as well. It's time to speak up. We know that God is a mystery. It even said it in that short phrase uh, that John read. Proclaim the mystery of Christ. Lalio, to chatter or talk. And his better definition, to use words in order to declare one's mind and disclose one's thoughts to speak. How do people know what's really important in your life? Unless you either do something about it and people see by your actions, or you tell them. We don't need to try and explain the mystery of Jesus, because what mystery? I think uh, Jesus. I think Jill used the word lavish earlier, didn't you? That's what you used. And I was thinking, yes, God has lavished his love on us. We were aliens. We were horrible. And yet, the mystery is, God gave everything because he loved us. That's a mystery, isn't it? So we're speaking up. You might remember this, 2 Timothy 4.2, about preaching the word in season and out of season. And it sort of says about whether there's urgency or not urgency. You can read it at home. You can read all the notes. They're on the website or they will be by tomorrow. The thing is this. There is a sense of urgency as today is a favourable time for us to talk about Jesus to other people. People are all at sea, aren't they? They're wondering, oh, what's life about? Their life is it's like a rug being taken out of their life. Now's a brilliant time to talk about God to strangers, to friends, just as we feel God is leading us. Today is a wonderful day to be devoted to God. Today is the day to open up our lives to him and to say, Jesus, be Lord of my life and of my situations. Today is the day of salvation. tell us some more about parts three and four presumably which were I remember okay (laughs) sorry John father in heaven how we love you this is quite an old song but the words are still really pertinent and we can sing them from our hearts so yeah let's just tell God that we love him Be the Lord. 
So we thought, now is the time to kneel down. Now is the time to submit to God. It's always a good time to submit to God. I want to listen to you. I want to follow you. I want to do what you say. Now is the time to speak up. We've all got opportunities. Let's speak up when we have those opportunities. Now is the time to keep things in. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity, for then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. Colossians 4.6, but in the Passion Translation. Another uh, letter from Paul to the church at Ephesus Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now and again, we all wish we'd not said something, don't we? It's good to take a breath before we say something, or maybe a couple of breaths. In the reading that we had earlier, it talked about salt. And to me, that just is reminding me about flavour. Because sometimes we don't put a lot of salt in our food very much, really. But in the the right hands, when you're uh, a chef of Michelin stardom, then you know what to do with the salt. And it makes the flavours come out, apparently. Although I don't know much about it. But it does, doesn't it? The word in, uh, in Greek, it means it's like witty, being witty when it was used in pagan ways. And it suggests using careful and well-chosen words when you're talking to people. Not being dreary, not being boring. Now I can see none of you are anyway. 
But do you know what I mean? What we have to be is, when we're talking to people, is just be ourselves. But not bland. But just tell people what Jesus has done for you and what he's continuing to do in your lives. We know that Jesus would go to lonely places to pray. But also, quite often he was the centre of attention. Do you remember at Cana? They'd run out of wine. What did he do to keep the party going? Give them better wine. They had some wine, but he makes the best grapes. So he thought, I know, I'll just get some grapes sorted out. He did all this within two or three seconds. I don't know how he did it, but that's the mystery. He created these grapes. He, he, he did this, because that's what they do with uh, wine, or they used to anyway, don't they? Tread. I won't do it on there. They, he, he, they tread the grapes, don't they? So all of this, and he turned the water into wine. What a centre of attention he would have been there. Although he wasn't quite, was he? But do you know what I mean? He, at the party, he was saying great things and making people think so different from all the other rabbis around at the time. Be gracious in your speech, it says in the message in Colossians 4 verse 6. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in conversation. Not put them down, not cut them out. It's time to let God out. Now, I'm not talking about pets, because I used to keep a cat years and years ago, because you put your dog out or your cat out or something, don't you? Because they need to do necessary things before you go to bed, because you don't want the necessary things done in the house, do you? So... The things, the pets go outside and then that's done. But the thing is, you're in still in charge of the pet. Although for cats, they know they're in charge of you, really. But, but the thing is there that still, you think you're in charge of the pet. We're letting God out, not because we're in charge of God, but because we want him to be in charge of us. We're saying to God, I want you to be in charge, just like we were saying earlier. This is something that's very relevant at the moment. Ex agorazzo, to buy up at the marketplace, making the most of the present opportunity, recognising its future gain. Some people, like Tom Wright, when he uh, wrote his New Testament, in verse 5, he wrote, buy up every opportunity. It's just what's going on at the moment with petrol. People are taking every opportunity to make sure their tanks are full. Doesn't matter about anyone else, but making sure their tanks are full. They're buying up at every opportunity. It's in the Bible, but in a lovely way. Buy up every opportunity to let God be God. Do it as often as you can. Go out at one o'clock in the morning to see if the petrol's there. Some people do it, don't they? So any hour of the day when you're about, buy up the opportunity. Make sure that you're letting God out. This might be in your normal routine. It might be that you're going to let God out just in the way that you speak to people on the bus or or just your family and your friends, you just speak to them in a normal way. But a few weeks ago, I was thinking that God was challenging me to get out of my comfort zone to let him be God. And let me tell you, it's so much nicer being in the comfort zone, isn't it? But when you hear God, after a few days, keep saying the same thing, you think, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. So it's very easy what God said to do I found it very tricky to do it, because I've done it once. I'm going to tell you about it very briefly. He said, do a poster, and then go and sit by the fountain in Nuneaton. So the poster says, do you fancy a chat? It can be about anything you like. I'm John, and enjoy a natter. So, last week, on Wednesday, just after the minister's meeting, I went and sat by the fountain in Nuneaton, and put that out like that. Do you know how many responses I got? Dozens. 
I'm going to come back another week. I'm a bit busy now. You're going to be here again. I prayed for someone. Do you fancy a chat? I felt so uncomfortable. Now you know, I, I don't mind doing things that are a bit crazy. But I felt really uncomfortable putting this up for the first five minutes. Let me tell you. Did I say I value your prayers? Have I said that already? I felt really uncomfortable doing this. But I sat there for an hour and a half and had some good conversations with people and some people said they're going to come back and see me another week. Not always about God. In fact, very few were about God. But if someone comes and talks about their illnesses or their whatever, it's nice just to have a chat about their illnesses and their, their neighbours and their grandchildren and anything that people want to chat about, love it. I'm going to do it. So I'm going to go out the next few Wednesdays. If you see me, I saw Barbara when I was there. If you see me and you want a natter, leave it for another time because I'd like to talk with some other people that don't normally <laughs> chat to me. Do you know what I mean? Because I know that God wants me to do this. So it's not comfortable but I'm going to do it. Here's a challenge. What's God calling you to do? What has God been laying on your heart and saying to you over the last few weeks? He said, too busy. Can't do that. Is he still asking you to do it? Is he still saying, I believe in you, Barbara and Jeff and Kath, everyone else. I love you. My power is within you. Do what I say and be surprised at how I'll use you. Whatever our age, however we feel, God is saying, have a think what time it is now. It's not the time to sit down. It's not the time to keep our doors shut. Now is a time to open our hands and our arms to others. They're in need. Now is the time for us to walk around and see what God is doing and to hear what he's doing. Let's pray that God will be glorified as we kneel down before him. That God will be glorified as we speak up that God will be glorified as we keep the wrong things in. And God will be glorified as we let God be God in our lives. So Lord, thank you for your word this morning. We want you to be you in our lives. We're sorry when we've taken the, uh, the lordship to ourselves again. Lord, Jesus be Lord of our lives. Help us to submit to you whether we feel comfortable about it or not. Thank you for the... We pray for each other. Help us, Lord, to engage more with you than we've ever done before as people open their eyes to what is going on around the world. Help us to open our eyes too to what you're doing here in our lives and in the meeting. Amen. You were right about the challenges, but encouraging too, yes. Um, yeah, do you know what? God told you to do that, and he was with you, and you got to speak to loads of people. That's fantastic. So we can be confident too. Whatever God's asking us to do, he's going to come through. He doesn't leave us out there on our own. He doesn't abandon us when he's asked us to do things. He does, he does his bit, always. It's us doing our bit that's the issue, generally, isn't it? Um, yeah, let's, let's listen and, and, uh, and, and speak out and keep in and all those things, yes. We are going to um, have some more um, worship songs now. Um, we are going to start with uh, God the Uncreated One. Thank you, Alex. Um, these are all... Uh, well, as, as a lot of worship songs are, they're, they're declaring who God is. 
So let's use these, um, the words that we're singing, and let's encourage our hearts, and let's understand and know that the God whom we love and we serve is able to, to take us to the place where he wants us to go, wherever that is. Um, yeah, it will be different from all of us. We've, we've heard, yeah, we're not about all being the same. We, we can all do different things but we, we can be united in, in working together. So, uh, yeah, let, let's, let's do some more praising of the amazing God.
sin anymore. God, you know we get it wrong sometimes, but God, thank you. They've given us the power to keep going, to keep persevering, to keep looking to you, to keep hearing you and obeying you. Lord, that's what our hearts want today. We want to declare who you are and not trust in our own selves because we know we can't do it. No, God, we trust in you. We trust in the almighty God. We trust in the one who has the power to raise Jesus from the dead. And you did that, God. And that means that we can live in relationship with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's finish by singing, I raise a hallelujah. It's not easy always. It's not easy. We know that. But we can raise a hallelujah because of the God that we are raising the hallelujah to. It's all about him. It's not about us. Amen.
a God who is dead or who is not interested or who is weak. No, no. We worship you, the living God, the one who raised Jesus from the dead, the one who has given us the power to go out and do what you've asked us to do today. So Lord, we look to you. We ask you to show us. We ask you to help us. We say, help us to declare who you are to ourselves and to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.